and welcome to episode number 255 of the Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. As you've already probably guessed, my name is not Matt, but we are bringing you a two-man show today. It is me, Dupe, and the Mad Show. Mad, this is my dream. You've clearly written this, not me. Yes. Hello, Matt. Say hello. <laughs> hello. Your name is not Matt. Thank you for clarifying. It's not Matt. Um, you wish but it was. I am now the host. And I'm editing. I might as well be Matt. So you're going to be hosting the showdown this weekend. Is Matt out of the picture? No, no, Matt can have that one. (laughs) Anyway, we are going to talk a little bit about our spotlight, which is player roles and the attack midfielder or the cam role or that special number 10. But firstly, we're going to discuss our both of our saves because there's just two of us. We're going to go and run it old school like we used to do. So Matt, did the intervention work? Tell us all about those Northern boys. Oh, my God. Dupe, I think you can just take your right hand there and give yourself a little pat on the back over your left shoulder. I'm because, yeah, <laughs> that could have gone anywhere. Um, crazy shit happened in the week. Um, you might have seen it because, well, I, I was live for where the, the craziest shit happened. But I started playing, uh, I think kind of, I went away from the pot that, that we recorded after the intervention. And for anyone that missed it, Dupe gave me an intervention and said, if we don't get promoted, um, the save the save must die, um, which I kind of agreed I with. Because nicely, you may, in a good I meant way. it yeah. nicely. Yeah, yeah I wanted you, you to do well. Uh, that's debatable, but anyway. Um, so I kind of, I suppose, I started went back playing it. We were in, I think I was in January when we last left off uh, in last week's pod, and I don't know what happened, but we just kind of started winning some games, and Adam Armstrong started absolutely smashing it. Now the big part of this was the last two seasons in the championship. Um, Adam Armstrong got injured in January or February in both of those two seasons um, at a point where he was either the top or near the top scorer in the championship. This time he didn't get injured early, spoilers, um, and he went on an absolute massive goal-scoring run. He got like four braces over the course of maybe six or seven games, um, and we won seven out of eight games going from like February through to April. And... It just it just shot us up the league all of a sudden, so all, um I I guess to 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 speed it up pretty quickly, we got to the second last game of the season, and we were in second place. So we'd gone from sixth to second. Other results kind of uh, helped every now and again as well. So we were in second on two points, playing against Cardiff, who were behind us in third, and we were playing, of course, Cardiff six pointer. I tuned I tuned in at this point. Did you? Okay, that you tuned yeah, into Heckle. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, um, and <laughs> this is where the save began to normalize. Um, I should also mention. Sorry, I forgot to mention. We talked about Adam Armstrong. With about four or five games to go, he inevitably got injured for four months. Um, oh, now, obviously, it wasn't as bad as the previous seasons because it didn't happen until about April. But we still lost him for the last four or five games. The crazy, you know, most important run in we had to get promoted. Uh, in that run-in, then, we ended up winning one in three. Uh, we had two draws. Um, we drew against fucking Sunderland, who got relegated. That was that was a good plus. Um, so we've gone into that last run without Adam Armstrong, who had scored 34 goals in the league at that point, um, which was crazy. Um, so we were, gonna, we were going with a strike force of one of our new gens, which is uh, Odomosu, Gabriel Odomosu, um, who had only scored four goals in the season, and Sam Greenwood, who had scored six goals in the season. Um, so between them they're only 10 so we go and we play Cardiff and it was quite drab we were doing the I, this was live on stream it wasn't the 
you know, the first half was pretty boring. Came into the second half, kind of fucked the lads out of it at halftime. Next thing, we've got a penalty, 69 minutes. Now, Adam Armstrong is obviously our penalty taker. He had scored eight in the season, eight out of eight, but he's not on the field. So on stream, we're debating who to pick as penalty taker. I was kind of tempted keeper, to go for Shola. Say again? Always take your keep. You've got to let your keeper take it. Do you know what? Somebody somebody said that because Freddie Woodman was on the... T- it was kind of default resting on him and it was like penalty taking one or something like that. But So, um, so I'm going to really... I'm going to butt in here because do. something... This has actually stifled a little memory of mine of this week. I'm on the, the lowdown of the, 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 the FM showdown lowdown. That, that's difficult to say. And um, I made a reference to Alex Tellers and why I would pick Alex Tellers because of his set pieces. Like he, can uh, cross, yes. he, can, he can do corners. And I said that he has great technique and great penalty attributes. So, in theory, if it comes down to penalties, he's your guy. To which uh, FM goal-scoring goalkeeper, James, replied to me, you do know that penalty-taking has absolutely no impact on the outcome of the penalties, right? So it turns out that um, some things do affect. They're just not the penalty-taking attribute. Never really kind of broke into it much. Um, He said that, not technical or mental attributes at all. M- morale and general happiness are key. Don't pick your best finisher. Pick your happiest player. What? But you do really have to keep an eye on it. There's maybe a... I'll tell you one thing. Maybe we'll just curb that and give you something to do over the weekend. Maybe you just have a little... That might be a pod that we'll come up with. I, I struggle to comprehend why that would be the case. What? What, oh, 100%. Would, what would be the point of the attribute if it's not that? <laughs> It doesn't yeah, apply no, to I, 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 I agree. Why have a penalty taken attribute if it doesn't affect? But I think maybe, um, spoilers, uh, actually, I'm not going to do full spoilers, but soon we'll be talking to some people that would be in the know. Ooh. So maybe that's the sort of people that we'll discuss that with. And maybe, Mad, uh, I'm saying this so you, out loud so you can write it down. Maybe it's something you write down and we'll make sure <laughs> that is a question and we can maybe either dispel that myth or not. If you at home have a thought have a feeling that you think it does it doesn't then please let us know at five star pod who are we meeting garrett southgate he knows about penalties uh, no pizzas he knows about pizzas oh sorry and waistcoats and um, waistcoats yeah and we're not meeting saka ronaldo uh, rashford or sancho because they clearly can't take a penalty either. it's a long list um, of people who've missed penalties for england let's not go there um, just english basically basically um, yes but the one thing i'll say is at least we're at the tournament that was too too far. So talk to too me far. about the, this penalty. Who took it? Okay, so on stream we've said, right, who's taking the penalty? I was tempted to go for our boy Shola Shoratire, because we love Shola Shoratire. Um, you know all about Shola. So Dupe. much you, you um, lengthened his name. That's literally his name. But we just call him Shola, because what a name. Um, so we kind of put it to the test. We put it to the chat. Chat went with Greenwood. Greenwood, uh, stronger penalty taking attribute. And I think the composure was a little better. So we went, you know what? Currently, on the pitch, he's the top scorer <laughs> with six. <laughs> so we said, we'll let him take it. Straight at the keeper. Oh. Miss. Save. Keeper catches the ball on the ground as it drops. We're still at nil-nil, 70 minutes on the clock. Bearing in mind, we're two points clear, two games to go, win this, and we're, th- and we're in the Premier League. Um, draw, and it goes down to the last game. About five minutes later, um, what, during the madness of me having my head in my hands, they've got a player sent off. And I've missed it because I wasn't looking at the screen. Um, so with about 15 minutes to go, they're down to 10 men. It's still nil-nil. We're still playing this game for the win to get into the Premier League. And we just did nothing. 
and I threw the kitchen sink. We spread the ball wide. We were full on attacking, pressing. Like I must have pressed pause about ten times to just you know tweak everything to the max, and we just did oh, very see. little, very little. Um, and it ran its course, and the game finished nil nil. So, last going into the last game of the season, we are two points clear. We're in second place. Bournemouth have already won the league. We've got to go and play Portsmouth away. Context: That's the longest distance you can travel from for Newcastle in the league to go from Newcastle down to Portsmouth. While Truly, Cardiff. Um Exeter's further than that. I don't know. I'm Irish, dupe. I don't well, really Plymouth. know that. Plymouth I don't, I don't know these things. Further than that. But in the, in, I'm, I'm talking about in a, in, in a high, a fairly oh, high. Oh, in league. your fake. Okay. Yeah, yeah. In my world. Um. So we've got to go to Portsmouth and Cardiff are at home to Blackpool. Blackpool have just gotten themselves safe, nothing to play for. So <laughs> we go and we play Portsmouth. I'm going to finish now because it's traumatic. Within 14 minutes, we were three nil down against Portsmouth away and the whole thing is coming crumbling down again and I've had heartbreak on the last day of the season in both the previous seasons in the championship missing out on the playoffs um, so we're 3-0 down against Portsmouth now in the other game it's Cardiff nil, Blackpool nil, and that's how it is at halftime uh, I think we pulled one back actually before halftime um, so it's not going great uh, then we go and we're coming back into it sorry do you know I'm wrong it was 2-1 at halftime We've come into the second half going, right, we're still in this. And then they've made a 3-1. And that's when I was like, bottle is here. Cardiff are going to score one goal and they'll leapfrog us and go ahead by a point and go into the Premier League. The game ran and ran and ran. Then we're 4-1 down. And at this point, you know, again, it's live, live on stream. My head's in my hands, struggling. 79 minutes on the clock. Blackpool score against Cardiff away. And we're in the Premier League. Clock runs down. Cardiff need two to, to turn it around to get into the Premier League. Game finishes. We lose 4-1. And we're in the Premier League. The Northern boys are back. They are back, baby. <laughs> Absolute firstly, disgraceful content. Dude. Disgraceful content, but great. It is, but congratulations <laughs> for getting there. Um, congratulations for getting your season on track when you were off stream. And then obviously all go to pot when you're on stream. True. Um, just, you know, rumours have it. But I'll also say this. I would like to take some credit for that. I feel the pressure that I put under you was enough for you to decide that enough was enough and you wanted to you wanted to up your game a bit. So I think a lot of that comes back to me. I think you threw the metaphorical um water bottle at me in the pod last week and and it had a reaction. It, yeah. Yeah. Um I think it, it made me a bit more work. determined because once we said it on the pod, you know, like I've put so much time into this save. We spoke about it. And I kind of came out and I went, you know, I want to give this one more try because I really wanted this. I really want to keep the save going. I actually really enjoy it. I do like the challenge, even though it's hard. And I hadn't really, I've no other plans really for another save in my head. I have maybe something in my mind for FM23, but that's fucking miles away. So yeah. th there was an element of that, that determination, I think, in my own mind, um, which made me play a little bit more than I've played in a while. Um, and, what you know, yeah, it started winning a couple of games and then suddenly... Suddenly everything was gone. And then in the midst of that, we had a really good intake. I think we spoke about it. We had a player come yes. through. Um, his name is, yeah, you love this dupe because we were speaking about whiskey there just before we started recording. Yeah, his name yeah. is Dennis Jameson. Um, okay. What a name. Uh, so he is an outrageous uh, new gen. I don't think he's kind of five star, maybe four, four and a half. Um, the technicals are ridiculous. The flair, um, the first touch, all of that. He's not the most, not the fastest player, but... We're going to talk about a, a certain role, uh, which is the number 10, the cam. 
this man is yeah. a future cam for us, which is interesting because mm. I don't play a cam in this tactic. So um, okay. we're so going to have to keep the save we... going to see Wait, if you can develop. Yeah, maybe our discussions may just tempt you into going into a cam. The only thing maybe. is we're in the Premier League now um, <laughs> and the teams... And I guess you'd probably... That, that 10 would probably want to be a 6 for you. Is that what you're getting at? I think four? I need to have three sixes. <laughs> can you send me the... Um, the, the what was it called the highlight killer can you uh, you can find thing? that on my youtube channel yes. uh, matt's not here so i'm gonna plug yes. uh, so you can find it on my youtube channel uh <laughs> at fm do it's called the highlight killer it is a tactic that will probably do you very very well so i have to ask Matt. um it is just us so we can kind of indulge a little bit more we have a bit of time today mm. um and you know we're probably out of everyone from the five star we're the ones that actually play the game so we can discuss things uh what's your plan for the for the quick plan for the premier league what how are you going to attack that are you going to go and find Maybe the best of the best, or do you have the belief in these boys that they got up? Let's give them a chance. So the slight problem we have is the best of the best. Like when I, you know, you we're northeast only, right? So I have got my magic player filter with eighty four t- uh, places in the northeast plugged into it. Um, if you click on interested or even doubtful or slightly interested, the top players in terms of value or reputation are already with us. Uh, on the grand scheme of things um the players who are not are some of the big names that we know giovanni reina as we've mentioned before uh pickford is another one um i'm gonna i'm gonna drop a little spoiler here last night i was playing um i was dropping some updates in the discord and there's a a new gin that came through with sunderland am i pronouncing it right to sunderland just carry on (laughs) there's a new gin that came through with sunderland in about season three or four and he was outrageous Northern boy, born in Sunderland, diehard Sunderland fan, mercenary, the whole lot. And we've been trying to sign him for about five seasons. He's a left back. And when he was 15, he had tackling 16. His anticipation was good. Physicals were good. And he just refused to to sign for us. And I would imagine genuinely, probably 25 times I've tried to buy this guy to no avail. Um, And throughout that, we were also trying the... Do we call it the Friday Night FM pursuit, or is it the uh, artist formerly known as the Teach Pursuit? Dupe? I think it's um, a bit of both. I think I think it was once the Teach Pursuit, and then I think Friday Night FM took over that and, and made it his own. Yeah. Um, the famous Teach Pursuit, which is a very good blog post made by Friday Night FM on the byline, right? Yes, on the byline. We 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 might drop a little link to it in the description because I was following some of those things. So what it, what it recommends is, um, yeah, it rec- it's things you can do to tempt the player in game so like you talk to the agent um obviously scout the guy full knowledge um you can no, basically no no, no 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 so i've actually i'm gonna i'm gonna stop you right there the dupe a pursuit better one <laughs> no, no, no 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 a better way of doing that is not scouting them for full knowledge but scout them for free matches okay so what happens is is he they notice that your scout is actually there uh, and again it raises their interest well I, I'll, I'll give you another point because i'm pretty sure joe has this in the article another thing you can do is go and watch a game yes um, yeah, yeah, and we've done sure. that in the past as well and then what I also started doing a lot of was um, obviously making noise in the media myself to, to top target, declare interest, and then using some of our players to, um, what's the, I think the phrase is endorse a move. I think that's one of the options when you go to talk to one of your own players. We yeah. used a player that I signed from Sunderland before, Elliot Embleton. Um, and I think about you know one or two clicks of continue after Embleton said it in the press, we threw in another bid and suddenly he's opened a discussion for the first time. Uh, and I was I was shocked. I was like, no way is this happening. Uh, I've abused the shit out of this man on stream many times for not joining us. And yeah, yeah, yeah. he's only at, at the at this, 
what is he's 20 years old at the moment um, and he came through as a 15 year old Nugent at Sunderland so there's loads of football left in this guy I think we've got him at a good time we can still develop him got him in the contract 49 grand a week he's going to be first choice left back he's a step up on what we have um, so we've got him in the bag and that's a big signing for us considering there's not a whole lot left out there the other player we want to go after then is a right back called Nathan Wood he um, I think Middlesbrough uh, IRL um, Leeds we had him and then Leeds took him away from us on a relegation release clause so now I'm trying the pursuit on, on Nathan Wood um, to see if we can get him back as well um, aside from that we're going into this with largely the same squad as we had in the championship. So you can speculate now, Dupe, how long you think we're going to last in the Premier League or in the job? All right, next pod, we'll talk about what, what you're going to do next. So. <laughs> so so quick question. So obviously, um, I know, and some of the listeners at home will know, but you, you're actively trying to give money and give structure to... The clubs around you, right? Locally, yes, clubs yes. around you to try and improve the player pool. Have you noticed players coming through these groups, these ranks? Because you're saying that you kind of look and you've got all of them. Is that because you're quick to act on them or is that because there isn't much being created? Being really honest, I think in terms of, let's say, new gens coming through at the Northeast clubs, it's been slim pickings, to be honest. We've not really seen the impact. Now, I've I've been, I, as you said, I have been pumping money into the region by just kind of giving them money literally for nothing, like buying players who are worth 100 grand for like 2 million. Um, it's a bit silly, but it's strategic because we want to we raise, I suppose, elevate those clubs. And there was a point where my my balance was 100 million in the in my transfer balance and there was no one we could buy really for that cash because we'd sold Maximan and Callum Wilson and all these guys. So we had plenty of money to do it. But where we Can have seen the impact... you got this year? Going into the Premier League? Yeah, have you told it, us that? It's currently, so at the end of the season, because I've only just obviously finished and, and progressed maybe a couple of weeks, the end of the season where they give you the, the latest budget, it said 49 million. But that's what, I ha- that's what I already had. So I think if I, when I get to the TV um, money thing, I think it will get another kick normally when they kind of give us the, the pre-season budgets maybe. Well, that's what I'm hoping for anyway. Having said that, there's not much places to spend, um, said Cash. But we shall see. Um, as you were. So in terms of new gens, we've had good ones coming through at at, at Newcastle. Um, based on all the input we've, because we've we've tr- we've pushed all the facilities and the coaching and the recruitment and everything like that as high as it can go. So we've got a lot of we've got what one two three maybe four four of our first choice eleven are new gens, and that'll probably increase maybe to five next season. Um, where we have seen the impact of spending that cash has been some of those clubs' development in the league. And I think I mentioned before, South Shields. So I'll tell you a little bit about South Shields. To date, we've given them nearly 12 million in fees over like affiliate fees, playing friendlies um, in their stadium, buying players from them. They were in the Vanarama National League North, I think either at the beginning of the save or the second season. They went and won back-to-back promotions or leagues three times in a row. They're now in League One. Um, oh. So they went Vanarama North, Vanarama National, League Two. Three promotions wow. in a row. Um, and there was a point where I thought we would get relegated from the championship and end up in League One with South Shields because they're one <laughs> of our affiliates. Thank God that hasn't happened. So that's really interesting to see. Um, but we've not really seen new gens coming through with those other teams. As I said, the guy came through at Sunderland, but you know we didn't really give them too much cash because they're the rivals. So um, 
not as big an impact as I would have liked in terms of the new gens, but I don't know. I'd imagine it's something that takes a bit longer to really have a have a bigger impact on it. Like if we can, you know, the likes of South Shields, there, Hartlepool are going okay, Darlington, even Blythe have got promoted once or twice. I think it'll just take longer. So if we can stay in the Premier League and hang on for dear life, then then maybe. But I, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough. And your closest rivals, where are they? Sunderland. Yeah, where are they? They've been relegated to League One, and it was a great day. Wow. The day we got promoted was the day they got relegated, and it was it was a good time. We enjoyed it. We enjoyed it very much. I bet you did. But what was annoying me is what this John Wright, again, because he was really vexing me. I'm in the Premier League, he's in League One, and he was still saying no until eventually he saw sense. Um, uh, and, and, and I just wanted succumbed. you to just, just to rant again. Yeah, so I'll, rant, I'll rant. And you just want me to pronounce well, the word again that I can't pronounce. I, I do, because then I can just apologise for the pronunciation for the whole of that segment. I, you'll be pleased to know that is the end of your save update, man. Thank you very much for letting us know more about that, because... It is interesting, you know, like I said, we were giving you a bit of stick last week and it was it was kind of arm round. Uh, we're very soon we'll be meeting up for a beer and I, I'll put my arm around you again. Okay. Ooh, kinky. But um you've done well there. You've been, you, you know, you've done well there. You can carry on. <laughs> Much appreciated. Um, and the intervention was also appreciated. I actually thought I'd be sitting here this week saying, Yeah, it's over. <laughs> Give us a safe I, idea, please. <laughs> I think it was one of those where I think it was either gonna make you or break you, in my opinion. It nearly broke me. It, it nearly broke me on stream when we lost that game four one. I mean to say, it was, <sighs> yeah. But anyway, I was ready. I had it ready to put the ha 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 in chat. Love you too, dude. Just, just to wind you up. What we're gonna do is we're not we're gonna we're gonna skip mine actually. To be fair, man, I think you know, I was so engrossed in yours, um, and we are aiming for for a twenty minute pod. So oh. uh, let's skip mine. We will come back and discuss mine next week because we will be playing a little bit more in the week. We have done quite a lot in season two, and we have signed a certain non-league to Premier League footballer. So I'll let you answer that. Can I guess? On a... Well, it's pretty obvious, but go on then. Robert Earnshaw. No. Uh, it's got to be Vardy. Well, we'll find out next oh, week. And if you can't suspense. wait, you can find it over at twitch.tv forward slash noob. Okay, we're going to talk about the... Sp- oh, Matt's not here. Matt's not here. It's we like, can do whatever we like want. a supply teacher with me in charge. <laughs> <laughs> you want to play board games? Of course. Do what you want. I'm going to open another the, the beer. Bell, the bell <laughs> does dismiss you. I don't. Um, okay, so let's talk about the spotlight whilst Mad cracks open another tin uh, of probably Guinness, I guess. Sorry, Mad. I'll drink anything. Uh, a few weeks back, we really enjoyed discussing some of the various player roles in Football Manager. And after all, we are a Football Manager podcast, right? So tonight we'll be doing a deep dive into one of our favorite positions in game, which has seen several makeovers as the game has evolved down through the years. And of course, it's the cam roll, also known, the, uh, known as the AMC, also known as the number 10, which I like because I love spot, uh, squad numbers. Um, you do. So, Matt, talk me through CAM. Do you know tell what, us do... all about the role I, and tell me what it means to you. I've been speaking a lot. I think I think I want you to tell tell me what you think of the role because I've been speaking a lot and okay. people have enough of my pronunciations and my... My dulcet at Irish tones. I'm not much better. Okay, so I, I, we, we, we rehearsed what we were going to say, and now Mads just chucked it all out <laughs> just, of whack. Just for the start. Um, I'll be honest, a lot of my systems, because I don't play wingers, I play an attack midfielder. Um, I I really like the link up between the midfield and the strikers. Uh, like I said, where I don't play wingers, it does come in handy. 
in my Monarchs, we're, we're currently playing a 4-3-1-2. And I have a Shadow Striker in behind, a, uh, a pressing forward and an attack forward. Let me just explain a few things before we go any further. Uh, there's multiple things you can do with an attack midfielder. And there's multiple players and personnel that can actually come in and, and play an attack midfielder. Uh, and there's five main roles. It's attacking midfielder, advanced playmaker, Trequatista, Engonch, and Shadow Striker. Um, so I'm going to just quickly talk you through a few if you're going to be quiet, Mad, and I will do this really quickly and we'll be back very soon. Mm. So uh, the attack midfielder, uh, basically, is, is pretty much as it says on the tin. So the in-game role, the attack midfielder operates higher up the field than a standard midfield, so cannot dive uh, drive into space from deep as uh, as a normal attacking central midfielder would. Um, it requires excellent technical and mental skills, and his role is broken into flashing chances for himself and others in the final third. So, um, again, attack midfielder is something that you can play um, a very similar role in centre mid as a centre midfielder. It's the same sort of role, but it's just that more that advanced, higher up mm. starting position. Um, but you'll still get a very similar output. Me and Mad, I mean, Mad, basically courtesy of Mad, uh, the CM attack, seems to be a massive love of mine and I, I can't go without one. Oh, I love um, the CM So I, I probably wouldn't play an attack midfielder support or attack because of the fact I've got that centre midfielder behind. You want something a little bit different and we'll get to my favourite one very shortly. Um, the next one was the, the advanced playmaker. Again, a very similar role to uh, the one in the centre midfield, just that higher starting point. Uh, aims to drop in between the holes between the opposition's midfield and defence, making themselves available for his teammates for passing and aiming to turn defence into attack in an instant. Um, Mad, let me ask you this about advanced playmakers. Um, obviously, advanced playmakers is a role that we can play all across that front three. Mm. How often do you utilise an advanced, for, uh, advanced playmaker in that role? Is it something that you would do or you prefer your advanced playmakers a little bit deeper? I think... It's deeper for me. It's all. It's always been deeper for me. When I think about playing, oh jeez. Uh, when I, I I do this every week, I think. When I uh, think about a playmaker, um, I in my mind it's that player is on the halfway line, either you know mm -hmm. just inside or just above, and and moving in that space, looking for the ball, turning and feeding it off to more advanced players. For me, like if I'm to think about actual players in my mind, I mean I'll I'll go Newcastle on it. John Joe Shelby, right. John Joe Shelby wants the ball to feet, often when his back to goal, turns and just looking for that pass through ball or pinging a pass. I mean, he's not the most uh, effective of roles, but like that's in my mind what a playmaker is doing. An advanced player then a playmaker in the in the 10 role, in the cam role for me is more like a Mesut Ozil, for example. Mesut Ozil, you know, I mean, he's not going to be hanging around in the D of the halfway line inside his own half too often, right? He He likes to be up further and receive the ball up high. And then looking for the more short through balls. That that's the way my brain processes it. So that's why I've been less inclined to use that playmaker role because I associate it with with that kind of a deep. Even though you have deep lying playmaker, I still think positionally it's a lot deeper than I would um, versus what you said a shadow striker that you use, for example. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that one in a sec. Um, yeah, I absolutely agree. Again, another role that can be used. Actually, this one can be used up front as well and across the the, the three of the attack midfielder roles. Uh, is the Trequatista, uh, which mm. is, um, I think, the correct pronunciation. Um, FM Trek likes well, this. Well, similar to that, uh, 
Sorry? FM Trek likes this. He's changed his name frequently because <laughs> yeah, he can't he pronounce does. it. And nobody can. Because he can't pronounce it. <laughs> I feel that's something that I would do. Uh, well, similar to the advanced playmaker uh, in the fact that he aims to drop between the holes between the opposition's midfield and defence, the Trek does also do a lot less defensive work and simply drifts around looking for space. Uh, so that massive space invader, um, but, but more from that central position. So he's probably going to get in between the channels of your mm, wingers mm. and your, your attack midfield, and then which will get into the channels between the defence. Um, as such, the rest of the team uh, needs to carry him defensively, but use him as the main outlet as attacking. And the Trek can actually only be used uh, on the, the attack role. It's something that I've never really dabbled in, I have to be honest. Same as the next one we're going to talk about, but the Trek um, is something that I've just never, even out wide, never really thought about using, and I'm not sure why. Because it screams to me something that if I want to get away from using wingers, then actually a double trek could work quite nicely. Um, Ooh, and they would come trek. in, they would cut it. Yeah, they would drift a bit more than an inside forward. And for me, an inside forward needs the ball to cut inside. Um, I don't know about you. I don't know we're not talking about wingers, but I've only ever seen my inside forwards one. They've got the ball out wide. They'll then bring it in. Yeah. Whereas the trek would drift in, could then drag that wing back out, and then those overlappers could come in. Uh, it could be interesting. So maybe something to try. Maybe something to think about in another save uh, that, that the track could be used a bit more for me. I think the only thing that confuses me about it is because it's in, like, there's two positions that have a track role, a track artista role. Because the striker also has a track artista as a role, no? Yeah, so we've got a uh, no. left, left attack, mid, a left attack uh, yeah. midfielder, right attack midfielder, centre midfielder, and also the striker. You can have a track up top. But you could have a um, trek up top and a trek behind him, no? Because I think it gives you the option in both, or is it only? You could, have, you could have four treks. It confuses. I think that just confuses me. And the other thing in my mind is that it's just a little bit less mobile of a role. So, like, I feel like it's just a bit more of a static role. In my mind, of course, no scientific evidence to back it up. Maybe that's what Ozil actually is, because he he wasn't the most mobile either. Um, but I can't say I've used a trek too checked. too often. We we should have we should have got FM trek on to tell us, assuming he knows. But, yeah. Potentially, yeah. Um, yeah, you can get four tracks. Actually, you can technically get six tracks because you can have three attack uh, strikers on. You can get lots of tracks. How basically. has there not been a, uh, a YouTube video of this with somebody with their mouth open? <laughs> a team of tracks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking about less mobile, Matt, we nicely moved on. The Engonch is another role up in the midfield, uh, attack midfield role. Uh, it's a hook that joins midfield and attack and operates behind the strikers and a playmaker who sticks to his position. He becomes a pivot to his team as they move around him. Unlike the track, it's more stationary as the Engonch acts as a vocal point instead of moving around into larger spaces. So it is the regista of the attack midfield role. Um, it's the one that's going to basically sit there and play the quick passes, play those killer balls, right? Uh, we'll get onto traits very shortly. But again, Engonch, I always like a younger side. I always like a, uh, a quick, pacey side. And I just feel... If I'm if I'm encouraging an gonch, I'm encouraging immobility and I'm encouraging static move. I, I like movement. I like to see interchange in play. I like to see my players drift from their roles, drift from their positions. I think one of my key used um, PIs for most of my players is to to roam from position. I want to see. I feel when you've got the ball in an attack position, if you're roaming from position, you are dragging somebody else out of play. That then creates space in behind. That's something the Ngonch won't. Be very easy to man mark an Ngonch. Um, and I just feel that I don't think an Ngonch is for me. Have you ever experienced an Ngonch? I think that's where I've got my wires crossed. I, like I think I think when I was talking about immobility, I think I I think I was thinking about an Ngonch and not a trick artista. But anyway, 
Yes, um, Trek's literally the opposite of Gonzo. Yeah, I think that's where. I mean, look, I've had three beers. Matt's not here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you know Matt's not here? <laughs> did you know? Uh, I'm allowed to drink when Matt's not here. Uh, Fabregas is an Ingonshan would, would have been like in his in his late slightly later years. Later, yeah. later years, yeah. I, uh, I did like a, a one matter. Was a bit of a latter. Yeah, true. Gonch, he didn't really move much. Let the player basically you're letting the play play around you, really, aren't you? You're letting people um, let everyone else do the hard work. Yeah, we'll break down. Well, like I said, we'll break down the traits in a second because I got a few ideas of what you could probably true. link with the Ingonch. But yeah, I think you're right. I think um, I think I did it. I dabbled in a little Monaco save at some point last year, um, just as an offline kind of messing around with a decent team. And I had Fabregas in as the Ingonch because looking at his physical attributes, they're, you know, 30, what, 34 maybe? Um, mm. I don't think he was ever the fastest anyway, really. But um, because it was no physicals, I was, okay, Ingonch makes sense. I think it even is, if it's not his natural role, it's up there in terms of his suitability. Um, didn't, like, put it this way, didn't create a whole, like, didn't do a whole lot in terms of goals or assists. I think you can see him on it's the ball a lot, but maybe that's not what it's designed for. Um, I think the engonch is more the pass before exactly, the pass, yeah, or the yeah. pass before the assist. But to go back to your point, then you know, you think about FM. Um, I think the match engine likes what you were talking about: runs, space, overlaps, through balls. I think that you know the match engine favors that type of play, and you know when you're trying to create those spaces and overlaps and all that kind of stuff. So maybe it's not as effective. But I'd love to hear, love to hear if somebody has had it really effective in in one of their tactics. Um, tweet us yeah, at Five Star Pod. Definitely tweet us at. Let us know e any of them really. Like I said, some of these uh, positions and roles that people don't really ever take up. Uh, be intrigued to see how well you do with them. We're going to talk about my my favorite one, which is exciting for me. Um, I'm teased a lot for loving a free up top system. Uh, so if I can get away with playing two strikers and then a shadow striker, I do. I, it's just because I've had so much quality from them in the past. Uh, again, I look for technically very good attack midfielders. And again, uh, this, let me, when I tell you about the Shadow Striker, you'll see why I aim for that. So the Shadow Striker operates as one of the team's main goal-scoring threats, usually coupled with another forward in support. The Shadow Striker aggressively pushes into a goal-scoring position as the ball moves into the final forward third and looks to close down the opposing defenders when out of possession. The Shadow Striker is only available in the attack duty. Again, I like to use a, an attack, uh, a shadow striker with the PIs of roams from position. Yes. And shoots less often, which makes no sense at all mm. when I've just read you out what I've just said. So the reason why I like to do that, and again, we can, we'll break it down because it's PIs and it's an availability. Um, the reason I like that is I like the player to leave that role or that position. And I like the player to, to find, I hate to use the cliche of pockets of space, but pockets of space. Um, the Shadow Striker has got good finishing, good technicals, uh, sorry, good techni uh, technique, good vision, good um, passing, good uh, all that jazz, right? So he has the ability to pick out these balls and find players in better positions. So if he can find a pocket space, he can be more effective in in the channel of where uh, the channel of between the defenders, right? Between the left back and the and the centre back, if he can get in there, he'll find a pass. The shoot less often thing. Mm. It's something that we spoke about a lot on this pod. And I'm a big believer of high assist bonus and shoot less uh, often. Okay. Uh, my argument here is if uh, I'm not paying my attack midfielder to, to score, but I want the aggressiveness of the shadow striker in my, in my team, 
So my idea here is if he breaks into a bit of play, he'll look across in that split second. It's a 50% chance he'll score. It's a 100% chance if he rolls it across and they score. In my mind, with a high assist bonus and with, a, and with shoot less often on, in my mind, that works. I don't know about you. Does you're, You've got one in the Monarch save now, right? Yes, do you see I run a the, Shadow Striker. Do you see the output in terms of assists for whoever you have playing as a Shadow Striker? Uh, 10 assists, 4 goals in 20 games. That's a pretty good return. Uh, yes, he's been... He's, he's only played... We've played 26 games. So the chap who's come in has... Uh, Five games, one goal, eight assists. Oh, yeah. I think it's working. It's working, definitely. Yeah, so do I. So, so one thing I do find is that you have... Because, again, I'm trying to not break down the whole system. We're talking about the attack midfield. But I have a CM... Because I have the free midfield. So I'm playing a free one, two. I have an attack... Uh, a centre mid on attack. So he'll drift forward on that left-hand side. So the left-hand side of the, the shadow striker. I have an AP support. So he'll get forward, but not so far. And then that allows that shadow striker to find the space. And I have two very good ball passers on either side of that shadow striker. It's a front five, really. Both my fullbacks are on attack. They'll drag out the wing backs, which in turn, or they're, they're sorry, their left back, right back, it will drag them out. In turn, will then create more space for that shadow striker to invade and get in behind. So in, I mean, we keep saying in our minds, but it's how we read the game, right? How we see the game. Yes. How do you see the shadow striker being categorically different from a Trek Artista when you're talking about pockets of space, making runs? What what for you makes the difference between the roles? Right, I'm going to be very, uh, how do I put this? I'm going to put this in layman terms, the way that I think this is it. And again, this is just personal things, personal thoughts. This is just the way that I read the game. I read it as a Trek is horizontal across the pitch. He's going from wing to wing. That's where he's drifting space to space, okay? A shadow striker is drifting across and up. He's almost the bishop, right? Yeah. Or the knight. No, he's the knight. The knight, yes. <laughs> and then, We've then gone the, chess the on this one. <laughs> he's, he, he says yeah, layman terms in. and he's talking about chess. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel that um, that that, that Trekwatisa will drift across that line. Now, this may be completely wrong, but from, from what I've seen, and, you know, why I've chose the roles I've chose was I find that Shadow Striker will step out, but his mm. main focus is to go forward. And I want to push players forward. If I'm attacking, I want to attack. There's no point just going, oh, yeah, we'll pass the ball around him if there's a space. And let's, let's penetrate. Let's, let's punish. Uh, nine times out of ten, um, I always have my defense. My, I have a, like a, a ball winner. So I have a, a guy that's going to get the ball back. I have a guy that uh, can spray a pass and then I have a guy in that midfield three that will push forward and he'll look for the, t the, the pass before the goal. And then I've got that shadow striker followed by my, my two up top. It's just the way that I like to play. I've always played very aggressively going forward um, and it, it, well, it works for me, um, but it, you know, that's, that's me. Well, I think what we can take then is to simplify it. So you've said that the shadow striker is is the knight because he's you know he's he's going he's gradually going up left right he's he's more forward I'd say in different you know in different angles. The trequartista is is the foosball table. He can only go left and yes. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do that. Yes. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. And I think I look. I don't believe. Uh, I don't know much about the trek. Okay? Yeah. That I've only played it. I must have tried it, but not really done much. So if I go on to the PIs of the trek, 
It does say roam from positions. It does say move into channels. But what it also does, because you can only use it on the attack um, method, it it reds out that get foot forward, get further forward mm. PI. So that screams to me that they want them on that lateral line. Okay. They don't want them pushing them forward. And, going up and, and down, that's okay. the reason I've gone for that. Yes, they'll roam. Yes, they'll move into the channels. But I believe that's as much. And again, that is just my belief. That isn't, that isn't, don't, I mean, don't, don't take that to the grave. Uh, but I don't I mean, believe this that. This is the thing, right? Because my experience, and so Shadow Striker would have been my go to for a, a camera roll as well over the past, I think it's, I'm, I'm going to say three versions of FM prior to FM22. So yeah. I had to save it. I did a little save of Blackburn for a while. Bradley Dack was in the Shadow Striker. I did one at Tenerife. We had uh, Jadas, you know that guy, Jadas, begins with yes. the next. Yes, yes. Um, and then the first save, I had Greuther Firth in the German club. We had this guy, Alex Blessas, um, Spanish player. I think he comes from Levante. And for pretty much in the tactic in each of those saves, my interpretation of how I was using Shadow Striker was basically this guy gets in the right place at the right time because the strikers are di distracting everyone else, um, whether it was one or two strikers. But the difference between my the way I was using it and yours was I was encouraging the shots, the long shots. Because I was okay. like, if the ball spills, if the ball is headed out, if the ball is kind of being sprayed anywhere, he's having a ping. And if you have a guy with a bit of a long shot, I actually was watching Shadow Striker, particularly this guy Alex Blessas that we had. Um, I was even looking at FM22 now. He's, he's never really been an amazing player in FM from what I can see. Very good value in FM20 it was. He scored something like 15 goals for me but after being brought in for like 1.4 million or something, um, averaging kind of double figures every season. He had a good long shot um, and like that, I could just see him getting in the right place at the right time. So that's where I fell in love with the role. But it, interestingly, different. my interpretation of it is quite different to yours. But what it would also suggest that you can use them different ways. You know, you're, yeah, you're using definitely. it as a creative outlet, assists. I'm kind of like, this guy can be a goal threat banging in those long shots because I'm using a player with that. Can I ask you a question? When you played that certain way, did you have a poacher as one of your strikers? When the I had guy a, that's got to push the truck. When I had a two striker formation, I did, yes. Um, yeah, that makes, sense. that makes sense. I think for I think for two of those saves, it was a one striker formation and I was using, in my mind, like very fast off the ball striker that never stopped moving. Um, and so the idea was that that guy is just always moving around, dragging defenders with him creating that space either for a run or a shot from that shadow striker because he's always hanging around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Love the role. That I, was I great. Yeah, no, and I love the role too. Um, I, I'd say we, we talked about, we're, we're going to talk about attributes next in kind of the key areas. Simply passing technique, a vision for me. Uh, if you're going to get a guy that's going to try and get assists, that to me is, it screams, that needs to be important. Um, I would say first touch is very important. Um, he's going to be nine times out of ten. He's in the center of the park, high up the pitch. He's going to have somebody close to him. So high strength's not too bad, um, but that wouldn't be key for me. That would just be kind of something that I'd like to have. Mm. Um, and I would say decision-making. Uh, he needs to be quick at just deciding where those passes have got to go. Acceleration for me is kind of key, because oh, he, especially for the way I play, because I want him to get into that little pocket and burst of pace. Uh, but apart from that, that's kind of what I would like to see from my uh, kind of attack midfielder. Uh, that would be mainly focusing the shadow strikers kind of scenario. If it was more just a plain attack midfielder, mm. I guess the main one would be passing technique vision um, and then kind of, I guess, dribbling if you want them to take the ball with it as well. Again, 
you do see certain IRL roles where they they pick the ball up in the middle and they, they dribble out or they try and dribble through and Lionel Messi-esque, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, for me, one thing I will say, as we're talking about attributes and without kind of, I mean, it's very easy to find which suitable attributes for the role that you want to use, but flair. This is probably the one position where I really do not mind about flair. Some people like to play with flairy players. Um, if I my shadow striker's got flair, not a problem. If my left back's got flair, I've got a problem. If my centre midfielders have got flair, I've got a problem. Flair's kind of only, this is the only role where I'll go, he's got 16 flair, I'm happy with that. I think you're quite methodical, Dupe, right? You, you're looking at your tactic on, I've got a system. I know what I want from each of these roles. And, and yeah. you're, being, you're being quite, as I said, method, methodical um, in terms of what you want from each single role. I think that yeah, yeah I break it. I break it down. Yeah. Per, per role and per position. Yeah, and it's the sum of all the parts, right? I will overload certain areas yeah. because I feel that would be beneficial. I think yeah, the f- I think the flare where the flare helps is if you know it's it's uh, the unpredictability of it. It's like do something unexpected. So I think I'm if sure I think it's perfect for that role, it, uh, unless you want something very specific from it. If you want a very good player that's going to be quick. Good feet, good technique, pass the ball, and that flair means that you know it's going to be very difficult. Like in my mind, high flair in the match engine is the defenders just struggle to mark because he does different things all the time. Um, yeah, but what that means is you to... you can't use him systematically because he's going to be all over the place. That's yeah, that's kind of where my mind goes with the flair thing. Um, and yeah, the, the only the way like, that I read. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, the way that I read flair is step over from Cristiano Ronaldo back in 2005 when he was first introduced that's showing that's flare. showing off <laughs> a showboat yeah but it's also you know for me it's that unpredictability yeah. from that raw natural talent that will create that with you know pair it with a little bit of acceleration it's gonna it's gonna create that little bit of space that you'll be able to get the ball ball through so you'd be looking at Alan say Maximum there's obviously there. the risk Alan Saint Maximin is an example of that. You couldn't put play, yeah. put him in a system and say this is the job you need to do because he just does what he wants. <laughs> uh, I think if he was again, this is not you know I think Newcastle a great club uh, and you know they're going on to big things. But I think if you put him in a Manchester City or a Liverpool, if Jurgen Klopp had him and said this is what I want from you, mm. he would do it. If Eddie Howe tells you, not berating Eddie Howe, but I think you know he is a big fish in a little. That's pond true, and he has been for a while. Yeah. Time. yeah. Yeah, this current moment in time. So he feels he rules the roost, so he'll make the decisions. Mm. I feel if he went to a bigger, big, bigger performing club, I'll be steady with my words there, because uh, I don't think Man City and, you know, I don't think they're m- much bigger than Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he would struggle. He would struggle to to be able to not show that flair. And, you know, look at Jack Grealish. Let's, let's take Jack Grealish for an ex- exact example. Mm-hmm. Very good 10. Um he would play out wide, but Aston Villa very much central. Uh, it was a key player for Aston Villa, uh, a key um, creator. He's gone over to Manchester City. Uh, he's even said in interviews that Pep wants a lot out of him defensively, uh, which is why he's he's not played much. He's not played for England much because he's uh, he's he does not do that defensive duty that that um, mm. that Southgate wants. So we're trying to nullify that flair. We're trying to nullify that unpredictability by trying to put him in a box and saying, this is what I need you to do. And I feel sometimes you'll see a a crazy goal on on the match engine and it is that little bit of flair that's got that person in. 
Right, crikey. Really quickly, Matt. Um, we're going to just, just really roughly talk about traits. Um, a few for me would be, uh, especially in the role I like to play, would be runs with ball often. That makes uh, a lot of sense. Also, um, prefers to uh, find the pass instead of shoot. Yeah. Um, would be good for me uh, because that's that's key for the role I like. Uh, moves into channels. I'm trying to think of these off the, the mind. Uh, tries to move into the channels would be a very good one as well for mine. Um, would you be looking at like um, tries killer balls or, you know, those... Yes. Yeah, because yep. because you want your guy to to create goals, as you know what I mean. I want, yeah, I just yeah. want creativity. It just screams, I want creativity. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, no, that's that's perfect. Um, the other thing as well, I guess, would be, I guess, like a little one-two plays one-two. I think that's that's a player trait, which would be pretty good in the, the tight little spaces. Uh, like I said, I want to see overlapping runs. I want to see passing in and around that area. So I think plays one-twos would be quite a nice little trait too. Yeah, and obviously then um, if you've got that player. Or you're you're molding that player to be a bit more. I mean, who would you say like long shots outside the box? I mean, Lampard's done it. We talked about mm. goals, even though I played a little bit deeper. Um, yeah. y- you can have some fun. It's it's not easy to get it right. Um, but no. like trying the old uh, sh- uh, shoots first time or tries long shots, like particularly for the glory, the entertainment. The you know even if only one of twenty of them go in, when it goes in in that match engine, it is a thing of beauty. So. That's the other the other element of it as well. It's something that I've seen quite a bit of in the MLS, you know, is these uh-huh. wonder goals. I don't know whether it's the quality of the keeper uh, or it's that little bit of unhinged football. <laughs> I've seen some crazy, crazy things. Love right, quickly it. moving on because I've just seen the time. <laughs> um, tactics with a cam. I'm going to be really quick here. I, I play two main ones if I'm going to play a tactic with a cam and that would be my 4-3-2-1-2. Uh, uh, like I said, that that bit of creativity in between the midfield and the strikers, and also if I'm playing a diamond, which is very similar to the way I'm playing now, just that one midfielder and def- uh, the defensive midfielder would drop back and his starting position would be deeper. Um, I guess another one would be a a four two three one, having two wingers either side of one, but it depends on that role. I feel the the the, the tactic would kind of be fully on how you want to play. If you're playing a trek, you don't really want an inside forward. They chip over each other, mm. right? I found um, where I did really well with that shadow striker was it was an asymmetric tactic. Um, okay. So basically, one of the wingers inside forwards was in the advanced place, but the other guy was more like halfway line inverted. And it just, I just felt it was a little bit, it almost was like cyclical the way the ball was being worked around the field. But the shadow striker nice. was always in the middle of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I just felt he, he was the constant in a hell of a lot of movement going on around him. Um, so I really liked that, and I I don't know I I enjoyed the asymmetric tactics a lot. Um, don't have yeah. the luxury of experimenting a, in my save now, but um, it's great. No, I guess not. Okay, fair enough. Well, I, again, if you have some examples of some really good uh, cams that you have found in Football Manager, the way that you've got them working, what roles you've got them working on, mm. feel free to send us screenshots. We love to look at them. Honestly, we look at every single one. We so, read them out. Yeah, we'd read that. We, we, yeah, we never know. Uh, okay, so let's quickly, very, very quickly, talk about a few cams that we know. We've mentioned a few there. Let's jump a little bit FM and talk about some FM attack midfielders that we know and love. I'm going to start off with a name now that few will know. And he is a young chap, but he's maybe not so good now. And that was Kuki. Do you remember Kuki? Kuki? This is 
it, that was he, just that was he, it's not Chef Kikuki, right? This is no, no, no. It's a, that was I'm his sure full name. It was like he's a, yeah, he's a one man, he's a one name man, right? He's, that was just his name. K U K I. I'm sure that's what it was. It was, he was FM eighteen nineteen. Uh, FM eighteen nineteen. Yeah. yeah, very heavily used in that era. I remember. And he would play that role very, very nicely. Uh, another one that I've used a lot in Football Manager would be Udegaard. Oh yeah, definitely Bilford, especially yeah. in, especially in this yeah. year's game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably more so in this year's game. But again, previously in my kind of time in FM, they would scream out for me as kind of the main ones. I've got what a, about you, man? I've got my favorite player in the whole game, and I've mentioned him on this pod every time, and he's on the blog all the time. And it's Giovanni Reina, and I've never managed him yet. Okay. But every yet. time I look at other saves, this save, and it's probably two versions at least. Um, uh, like he's he's unbelievable the way he develops in game um he can play any like we talked about five roles there this guy could do all of them yeah um you know like he it's not like he's crazy fast it's not like he's crazy flair he's just all of it um so he'd be my ultimate kind of cam cm wherever you want it, whatever you want to call it uh, amc sorry um the other one for me that's massive is zaniolo and Zaniolo is he's ridiculous in FM22 again I've not managed him obviously for obvious reasons yeah. seen him in other saves see him in this game and I mean I'd nearly go so far as to say he's he's one of if not the best player in FM22 but that's that's for another okay. day 21 I played him a lot mm. I had him at Bayern Munich I had him at Ajax in my Hunter uh, um, achievement Hunter save I actually played him deeper because of his pace. Mm. Uh, because of his mobility, he's he was very quick. He was very agile. He was very good on the ball. I actually played him deeper, and I didn't play him as tack midfielder. Who I did, and that's just reminded me, is uh, the chap at Bayer Leverkusen, who I think has actually moved IRL. Is it Verts? Verts? Yes. Yeah. He is impeccable. Impeccable. He is such a good uh, attack midfielder. Uh, he has such good attributes. Again, playing, he's German, playing for, uh, which I, I, I bought him for Bayern Munich at the time. Uh, he is tremendous. Mm. Uh, I'll also give a shout out to Bruno Fernandes because that's the role that he needs to play and he needs to play in behind that to do well Manchester United. But that's a different story, man. I, right, I, I have to drop him. one more. I have to drop one more. Oh, okay. I'll give you, I'll give you, you got time for one time more. Time for one more. I was speaking about long shots. If you want to find the player, in my opinion, this guy is probably the best long shots in the game. Attributes and also what I've seen in game. I talked about um, a Monaco save because I dabble with him. Now, I'd love I'd love to ask you to pronounce this guy. Ruslan Malinovsky. Malinovsky. He's Ukrainian. He plays twice? for Atalanta. Okay. Uh, Malinovsky, his name is Ruslan Malinovsky. And I've seen him in IRL as well. He He hits an absolute pile driver of a shot. So, you know, if, if you're looking for that long shots, look him up in the game. He's got 19 long shots. Um, he also has 17 corners. Um, he's 17 free kicks, 16 technique. He's 28, so you'll get two, three seasons out of him, but bring him into any top club yeah. and he'll bang in the AMC. Yeah. Now, I, 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 I don't know of him much, um, I have to admit. Um, all it's done is just give me time to think. Danny Olmo is another one. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Lucas Paqueta as well is another one. Oh, I hope he moves and to I'm going to leave you. <laughs> I'm going to leave you with one more, and that would have to be the old school um, chap that used to play. Oh, what's his name? You always That's do really it. Really bad. 
<laughs> you get That's so really close. That's really bad. How f- is this old school or old school? Relatively old school, but he used to play um, for Dortmund as an attack midfielder. Uh, okay, Royce, we'll no. Marco Royce, I can't no. Remember. Can't remember. How have you forgotten um, this, Duke? This is embarrassing. I can't remember. Right, let, let's let's move on very quickly, swiftly. <laughs> uh, I'm editing, so I'm sure that bit will be out. Uh, we've talked about FM. Let's very quickly tell me your favorite ever number ten. No, not you know that theoretical number ten, IRL. Now, this is not the best. This is our favorite. So we're gonna have different with generations apart. Ooh. You're at least 25 years older than me, man. So let's talk <laughs> generational favorite tens. If you need time to think, I can drop a few, but ideally, yeah, hit me. I've got one, again, as I said, to echo my chain of thought on on watching beautiful things happen, like ridiculous long shot goals, Raquel May. Okay, yeah. One Roman Raquel May. Uh, in CM, FM, outstanding. Real life, outstanding. Look him up on YouTube and just watch some of the goals he scored for Baca. Ridiculous. Yeah, a guy a little bit before my time, a little bit, kind of back end of my time mm. or start of my time. But yeah, no, I agree. From what I have seen, uh, being in a frequent Discord calls with Friday Night FM and Raz, he was kind of brought to the to the table a lot. Mm. Um, I'm going to have to split mine between two. Um, I can't decide who my favorite one is from the two. Um, I'm going to put a little shout out to Christian Elkson just because everyone's oh, been yes, through. Yes. Um, and as we're talking about attack midfielders, he is a great example. Um, he's probably up there, but he's not my favourite. Uh, I'm going to go for a Brazilian pair. One is going to go for... Joel Linton. Kaka. Okay, Kaka. <laughs> uh, Kaka had, has had an incredible career. Unbelievable. Can actually break his career down yeah. and see who he's played for, where he's played, in that AC Milan side with uh, Ancelotti. Oh, my days. Mm, Absolutely mm, tremendous. Mm. His goal contributions, tremendous. Uh, he had two spells at AC Milan. He also played at Real Madrid. The guy is a saint. Now, my favorite of all time. Now, the reason why he's edged it is he had that flair. He had that, like, just made you fall in love with the game. And also, I've said hello to him and he said hello back. And I've been within about five meters of this man. It is the one, the only, Ronaldinho. Ooh, we need to hear. How did you get within five meters of Ronaldinho and not, like, get attack by security okay so um very <laughs> again very quickly uh back in 2000 crikey 2000 dave wasn't even born I'm, then no i know uh, i'm gonna say it must have been 2005 2006 potentially could have been a little bit later than that the timing is not great but basically we went to barcelona on a sport on a football tour um so maybe it was 2000, yeah, 2005, I think it was. My, my maths, I was thinking about 13, 14. We went to Barcelona. Uh, we did um, we did a stadium tour in the morning and we were due to go to watch a game in the evening at the new Camp. Uh, uh, we had a wander around. News was filtering out that Ronaldinho uh, was injured. He wasn't going to play. And a few of us were a bit disappointed. We had mm. our, literally, as we were walking around, we had our Ronaldinho shirts on, uh, which is why they said, you know, they mentioned, oh, if you heard he's injured. We walked down the tunnel, past the prayer room, um, and then there was a little door on the right-hand side, which was like for first aid, physio door. We walked up the kind of little slope, and me and two two of the lads were right at the back. And um, 
we heard the door open and we just kind of just instinctively turned around and it was Ronaldinho just walking past. Unbelievable. And it was just, uh, hi. <laughs> it was a, uh, it was very much an Andrew from FM hi. and Sean Dyche moment. <laughs> hi. Um, hi I put effects on my voice then. Uh, and, you know, he was cool as, you, as he was, always cool. Just wandered past, kind of put his hand up, hello, and just carried on. It was kind of before the whole time of camera <laughs> phones and stuff. But uh, yeah, it is the one of my stories of uh, meeting Ronaldinho. Ah, you love it. The perfect kind timing. Of, the door opens of. and you shit your pants. Yeah, <laughs> you shit your pants. Um, I'll never forget the game because we were right up in the rafters. I, I say I'll never forget the game. I can't remember who it was. We'd have to, I'd have to go through the archives and find out. Um, and I was fixated. Uh, they won 1-0 right he, he late play, on. He played then, did he play? No, he, okay, didn't, he didn't play. play. He didn't play. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't play. I, I upset that he didn't play uh but he didn't play i know that but um we were sat there to, to like just to the right hand side of us there was this guy and at the start of the match he had like a massive bag he pulled out his bag it was just a clear plastic bag full of pistachio nuts <laughs> right? and I'm, I'm talking i mean i'm holding my hands up to the, the camera here i would say 500 mil by about 300 mil right squared bag massive bag sat it on his lap ripped the top open and he would pick a pistachio nut up, take a shower off, and kind of as he takes a shower off, he was feeding it into his mouth, and then drop a pistachio the, the shower uh, either side of him. No. Right at half time, there was little Mountain. pistachio <laughs> mounds. I'll never forget it. Honestly, I forgot the game, but I'll never forget that. Uh, it was very, very funny indeed. Uh, but yeah, Ronaldinho uh, is Great my all-time favorite. Um, there is others. There is absolutely others. But the story to say that whenever anyone talks about Ronaldinho. My little story is uh, is the one that I like to tell. Um, right, that kind of brings our spotlight to an end. And now normally, because we've gone on for so long, and normally because it's Maz quiz, I'm very <laughs> quick to kind of get rid of it. However, Maz wants to quiz me on attack midfielders. Now, we're not going to have this opportunity for a long, long time, Maz. So it is fully up to you whether you want to give the listeners a quiz or not. If it's a quiz, it'll better be quick. It's time for the quiz it'll be yeah we can make it quick well it's as quick as okay. it's as quick as you get the answers dupe so the pressure is kind of on you and not me so, <laughs> um okay so what i have here are i have a list of, of the do. top scoring um basically attacking midfielders in the premier league okay. um in the prem yes indeed so basically what i have is it's basically any player who kind of has played in that role kind of or known for playing in that role so for example okay. Giggs is not on the list Giggs being primarily a winger uh, Beckham is not yeah. on the list being primarily a winger these are players that would have been kind of largely deployed in that role uh, for their club um, I'm just going to go we're just going to go top to bottom so I'm going to ask okay. you for the highest scoring centre you know attacking midfielder in the Premier League we'll work our way down if you get it in the right order, so if I ask you for number one, you give me number one, I'll give you two points. Um, okay. Just because you've got it in the right order. Uh, if you give me another one who's not in that particular order, I'll give you a point because you've got it right. And we can always help you along the way if you need it because you're all by yourself, dude. I am all by myself. Okay. I kind of get what you're saying. So I'm going to go with my first guest who I think is number one, Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard is, of course, number one with 177 goals. It's a ridiculous return. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, it is bad. Three, yeah, that's mad. Um, Number two. Now, I don't think he's an attack midfielder. 
he was playing a little bit deeper. So but at times, yeah. I think his uh, earlier. No, I'm talking about the next guy. Mm. I think at uh, uh, times he did play that attack midfielder, which is why he didn't work with Lampard that very well in England. I'm gonna go Stevie G. Stevie G, 120 goals is the second highest attacking midfielder. I mean, we're saying attacking midfielder because look, he wasn't a defensive midfielder, right? No. That guy was breaking through, breaking forward a hell of a lot. So yes, you are correct. Stephen Gerrard gets you two points. Okay, right. We're on a good one. I'm going to say three. somebody that you've mentioned and kind of referenced to whether he would be a tap midfielder. Ah, John Joe Shelby. No, never mind. <laughs> I'm going to go with Paul Scholes next. Paul Scholes is correct. 107 goals. Gets you two but we points. We are going to slow down in a minute. Definitely. I have one more name <laughs> that I think is good, and that is Matt Letizia. A man that we didn't mention yet, um, and it's we haven't probably because yet. he's a bit of a dick on Twitter. He's a um, bit of a dick. Uh, lovely flick-up free kicks he used to Yes, do. and serious um, technique. Yeah. Matt Letizia is number four in my list with 100 goals okay. on the nose. Okay. Good shots. Okay. There's one other, which I think you're going to give me, because I'm not allowed to say his name. Okay. There's an Icelandic attack midfielder. There is. I prefer not to speak. So you're going to just give me that point. I don't think he's next, but I just want to get him off the list. He is not next, but I'll give you a point. 67 goals. 67 goals. Okay. I'm going to next go for Yaya Toure. Yaya Toure. 62 goals. Is not in that fifth place. But I'll give you a point. But is he that top? Is is he in top 10? He's at the bottom, yes. Is it the okay. okay, I'm going to then go for, I don't think Urzel scored many, so I'm not going to go for Urzel. I'm going to go for, now I always thought he played a bit more wing-esque. You Ooh. mentioned Ryan Giggs not being in there. Mm. And this is kind of somebody at the same, came through at the same sort of time. I'm going to go with Robert Perez. Robert Pires is a hell of a shout. He's level with Yaya Toure on 62 goals. And I have him on the list. Okay. Now, you're right. Robert Pires would have started a lot as a winger, but gradually made his way to, into a lot more central role, particularly Arsenal as well. Okay. Now. I've got two more on I my list for you now. You've got two more. Yeah. Now. Okay. One of them, I would say, was a lot more attacking back in the day. Which will help you a little bit. When you say back in the day, so like at the start of his career, which would have been Nerdphonic era, nineties um, oh. football, he would have been a lot more attacking than he kind of ended up finishing his career. But has a lot of goals and a lot of games played. A lot of games played. <sighs> I give him a small. Okay, let's go on that. Let's go on that. We're not gonna go Gareth Barry. That's stupid. Um, he was far more defensive. He wouldn't get many. I'm going to go for... I don't know how many goals he got, but I know he played further up the field, and I know he's played a lot of games. God rest his soul, Gary Speed. Gary Speed with 80 goals. And I, okay, I believe he's... Is he the all-time Premier League caps, or is he up there? No, I think Barry is now. Is Barry, Barry overtook well, him, maybe? Yeah, I think so Barry So, yeah, that's where we were going with the, the small clue, on. yes. He played a lot of games. Yes, indeed. So Gary Speed with 80 goals. And then there's one other player on my list for you. Okay. How many goals? 
I didn't realize I was supposed to give you clues when you asked for them. Um, <laughs> okay, hang on, hang on. Dude, what, would your fav- what would your favorite number between 1 and 100 be? Uh, probably 13. Okay, I was going to, I was expecting you to say 69, so uh, that's disappointing. Not all of us have had sex tonight, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, listeners, he kept his cam on. Um, okay, so 69. Okay, he scored 69 goals. Scored 69 um, goals. You're going to have to give me a little bit here because I'm not great, but don't, like, don't make it too obvious. Um, I'm going to throw this out there. I believe miracles. this guy is in, he is English, but I don't. Yeah. I'm going to Google it while I'm saying it so I don't fuck up the clue. I don't think he ever played for England. Oh. I could be wrong. Okay, that's a, but I'm going to double check. Couple, okay, please do. I am correct. You are correct. He's so, never played yes, for England. Yes, an English attacking midfielder, 69 goals in the Premier League. But has never been capped for England. Okay, I got a funny feeling that there may be a few people shouting at their radios right now. I. It's usually the Scottish people that do that when you have a go. <laughs> uh, true. <laughs> I'm thinking. Right, I I kind of need an era, roughly. Not like I don't know. I need a little. It's clue not here, the '90s. It would of... be more the noughties. The naughty noughties. Okay, noughties. I'm gonna go with. Oh, do you know my mind is only thinking about one man. If you got this before Dupe did, and you're listening, tweet us to say I got it before at FM Dupe. That's all we need to know. It doesn't mean there's no idea that I've got it yet. (laughs) The only man I can think, basically because he played a lot of games, he's English. He played higher up the pitch. He actually played for your boys. I'm gonna go with John Joseph, no. the chicken man. We'll need Kevin Nolan. Kevin Nolan, is he correct, listeners? I, I, I think he's played for England. I'm sure I've seen him in an England shirt. I'm sure he he played with Andy Carroll in England. Kevin Nolan has not played for England, but he has scored 69 goals in the Premier League. That's a great. The guess. correct answer. He has played two games only for the England under 21s. And that's Has he it. really? Wow. I think okay. at one point he was also eligible for Ireland and then it never happened. But, you know, he's one of those. One of those. That's weird to think that if he's gone that long without, why he wouldn't change over? <laughs> I think he was rumoured to be eligible. I, he might even have been eligible in one of those, one of the FM versions and I might have might have done it myself. Right. But um, I think there's a point at which there's no return. Maybe something like that. I don't know. Yeah, okay. So um, Dupe, you did very well there. Annoying. You got two, four, six, eight, nine, ten. I think you got about 11 points there, but you aren't playing it against anyone, so you win. I was going to win whatever, yeah. whatever I got. Um, there's a few in there that I'm shocked didn't get in there, I'll be honest. David Silva being one of them. Mm, not a huge goal I'm return, I suppose. Yeah, uh, Ozil the next, but again, maybe not mm, that. Mm. Um, and then the other one would be would have been Wamata. I, I, I'm surprised Wamata was not. Didn't at the ma- bottom of that didn't pile. Make the list, yeah. He might have been down there, no. down there a little bit further. But yeah, no. Okay. Well, actually, I'm going to say to you, good quiz, uh, because it wasn't. Yeah, I, you know, we, I knew we were going to do a bit of tap me so I may have done a little bit of research, but not much, just a little. They're bit. they're floating around in your mind, aren't they? When you're when you're they talking are. about that, we, we we knew it was coming. Right. I so that. that does bring episode number two hundred and fifty-five to a close. You can find all the links for. 
both of us, not all, each of us, but both of us in the podcast description by all by visiting fivestarpotential.com where you can find all our latest Football Manager content. Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify, and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every single week. Thank you all for listening. There'll be more from us next week. Take a bye, man. That was beautiful. Compared to what Nerdphonic did last week, that was amazing. Nailed it. Love it, Duke. Bye, folks. Mm-hmm.